This morning, I'd like to talk to you on a topic, take off the grave clothes. Tell me about take off the grave clothes. Uh, I wish I was preaching in the Jehovah's Witness Church this morning. I said, tell me about take off the grave clothes. I need some Christians who are alive. Tell somebody again, take off the grave clothes. You may not understand what this means, but as we go further in this sermon, you are going to understand what I mean by taking off the grave clothes. One of the things that I've always been confused, when I, especially when I was back in Cameroon, is the difference between a burial gown and a wedding gown. Because when I was growing up, whenever I saw a dead woman being buried, the attire that the woman was buried in was similar to that of a wedding gown. Except for the fact that there was no trail and everything. And when I see some ladies, the way they dress now during their weddings, especially those in Africa, they wear gloves. Have you seen that? They wear gloves. And whenever I look at those, that, that attire, it reminds me of a burial gown. And so, I always wonder, why would somebody decide to dress in a way that makes them look like they're about to be buried? But that's not a concern for this moment. I'm just thinking. Amen. One of the things that makes people look different, if you see a ghost, is the attire that makes you know this is a ghost. For example, if you walk out of your building, your apartment complex, something, and you are in the hallway, and you see, suddenly see somebody with a black suit, white socks, white gloves, and cutting on their nose, what does that tell you? This is a ghost. <laughs> you automatically know from the dressing that this person has died before. May I say to you that spiritually, there are some people, even though they are walking around, they have grave clothes on them. Spiritually. Even though they dress well physically, they have makeup on, they smell good, but in the spirit, they have grave clothes on them. But this morning, as we begin to pray, that grave clothes shall be taken off your life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Your amen has partial paralysis. I said that grave clothes shall be taken off your life. In the name of Jesus, Amen. it shall be taken away Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me give you an, an understanding before we go further in this sermon. One of the proofs that Jesus resurrected from the grave was the grave clothes. When they went to his grave, the grave was open, and he wasn't in the place where he lay. But one of the evidence that showed that Jesus had resurrected was that they saw his grave clothes still in the tomb. He came out from the grave without the grave clothes. And may I say to somebody this morning, many of us were called out of the grave of sin, out of death of sin. But we came out not leaving our grave clothes. We wore them and came out with them. And so we are walking around, even though in Christ, even though celebrating as Christians, but still with our grave clothes. The Lord is saying this morning, any man or woman that is still wearing their grave clothes, you are taking it off today Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are taking them off today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Going back to the text that we read this morning in John chapter 11, to give you a background about the passage that we just read, Lazarus was a very good friend of Jesus. And the Bible says he was sick. And news came to Jesus that Lazarus, his best friend, was sick. And the Bible says Jesus did not even show concern and acted like his friend was sick. I know sometimes there are many of us that become grieved 
become sad or even have broken relationships because there was something going on in your life and a friend did not respond in the way that you wanted. If it was in today's culture that your best friend is sick and meeting maybe at Anova Hospital or at Fairfax Hospital or Kaiser Permanente or whatever place, and you don't show up there to show them that you care, and few years or days or months after you meet somewhere, that friendship is going to have a problem. Because you are going to say, I was sick, you didn't show up. You were not there for my baby shower. You were not there for my wedding. You were not there when my father died. You were not there when my mother died. They are people of these grudges because somebody did not respond to them the way they wanted. But let me tell you, in every disappointment, God always has a bigger plan. Can I say that again? I said, in every disappointment, there is always a hidden appointment. In every disappointment, there is always a hidden appointment. And when news came to Jesus, he continued doing what he was doing and acted like there was nothing. And then Jesus, news came after again that now he's dead. Now the man that was sick is dead. Now imagine that your friend was sick and told you that I'm sick. You didn't show up. Then now the friend died. What guilt are you going to have that I didn't even see him or say something to him before he died? Even when the man died, Jesus did not still go. The Bible says he waited another four days before he even went. If I was to read Jesus today as a man of city, he was a careless friend. He had no concern. But let me tell you, Jesus had a better plan. He had a bigger plan. He had something that was going to happen that was going to reveal his glory and even make Lazarus popular. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Yes. Tell somebody, God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter how much you've been disappointed, God has a plan for your life. That rejection at your job, that disappointment in that interview, God has a plan. Amen. Tell somebody, God has a plan. Everything you are struggling as a man, God has a plan. Every trouble you face, God has a plan. There is nothing that happens to you by accident. Everything that happens to your life has been traced by God. God has a plan for you. Hallelujah. God has a plan. And one of the reasons theologically why Jesus had to stay four days before he came was that in the Jewish culture, they believe that when a man dies, three days, the man's spirit is still around. So in other words, his spirit is still around. There is a possibility that the spirit can come back into the body. Then the man will get up. So even if a miracle was performed on the second, on the third day, the Jews would have said, after all, his spirit was still around. His spirit just came back into the body. Jesus had to wait until when all hope was gone. When everybody knew that now it was out of man's hand. There was no possibility of him coming back to life. That is when it sh he showed up. May I announce to somebody, there may be a delay you are experiencing in your life. And it seems like God is too late. But God is planning because the miracle he's about to do is going to be something that people are going to understand that this can only be called. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Amen. That delay is not a denier. God is walking behind the scenes. There is something God is doing that when it, it will come to pass, every eye shall know that this is the finger of God. Yeah. Only God can do this. Yeah. Tell somebody, this delay is for the glory of God. Tell somebody, this delay is for the glory of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And finally, Jesus showed up to the scene. 
And he said to the sister, take me to the place where he lay. Sometimes people don't receive the attention from God that they deserve because they are not open to God. You are close to God. You don't open up to give God access to the place where your troubles are found. Until you are open to God, you can never receive. You come to church, you are not open to God. You cannot receive. You pray, you are not open to God, you cannot receive. You must take Jesus to the place where your mess is, where your trouble is, where your pain is, where your disappointment is. You must take him to the place. Hallelujah. If you don't give him access, Jesus is not a hacker. He will never crack your password. May I say that again? Jesus is not a hacker. He will never hack your password until you give him access. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens the door for me, hears my voice, and opens the door for me, I will come into him and I will dine with him. Meaning as long as the door is closed, he won't come in. He'll be there until the door is open for you. Sometimes we wonder why we are troubled, we are troubled, and God is not showing us the attention we deserve. We wonder why we are in so much mess and God is not fixing that mess. Because the door has always been closed. And he has been knocking. He's knocking through the radio. He's knocking through the preacher. He's knocking through your colleagues. He's knocking through your friends. He's knocking through your pastor. But the door has always been closed. But Jesus is saying, if you open that door for me, I will come in and change your story. Tell somebody, open up to God this morning. Tell somebody, open up to God this morning. Open up to God this morning. And finally, the Bible says Jesus moved in the spirit. He was a man of compassion. Compassion is love accompanied by action. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Compassion is love accompanied by action. That's what I mean, compassion. So if you tell me you love me, and anytime I'm in trouble, you only, you only say I'm praying for you and there's no action, I don't believe that compassion. But when you have compassion, you don't only love, you accompany your love with an action. That is what shows you have compassion. Anytime Jesus was moved in the Bible, he did something because he was a man of compassion. And then the Bible says that he came to the tomb and he was, there was a stone laid across the entrance. There was a stone laid across the entrance. The reason for this stone was that when Jews buried people, their system of burial was different. Today we dig a grave six feet, put the man inside. Sometimes we put concrete, we put ground, and we seal it. But in the Jewish culture, they had a grave, a tomb. It was like a big cave. They would wrap the man, the dead body, in spices to avoid it, for, to, to stop the smell. And when they wrapped the man with clothes over and over and over, then they took the man and kept in that tomb and then put a stone so that it would not smell and go to the public. Spiritually, what does that tomb, that stone means? There are many of us who have things that are smelling in our lives, but we have put a stone on it so that nobody can smell it. There are some issues that you're going through, some pain, some difficulty, some hardship, some trauma, some addictions, some sacred things that you're going through, and you've succeeded to put a stone so nobody can smell it. But one thing about this is this. If somebody came too close to the grave and stick their nose close to the grave at the entrance, they would smell something. So sometimes even though you hide it, you fix it, you act like everything is okay. When people come too close into your life, 
they can sense that anger. They can sense that bitterness. They can sense that unforgiveness. They can sense that addiction. Tell them about smell something. Tell them about smell something. <laughs> Tell them I smell something. Tell them I smell something. If I come too close to you, I will smell something. There was a stone that was blocking the entrance. So nobody could smell what was going on. And Jesus said, take the stone away. And Martha responded, hey, no, Lord, no, Lord. He said, by this time, the body smells. There's some issues we've been through in the past. That anytime somebody wants to open up that issue, say, I don't want to talk about it. It's been too long. The mess is too complicated. The issue with your ex, with your, your child, your son, your daughter, your father, your mother. You don't want to talk about it because it has been too long. Now it smells. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how much it smells. God is here to fix it. Amen. I said, God is here to fix it. Tell them what? God is here to fix it. Amen. God is here to fix it. And the Lord said to Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord? There are people in the house of God who don't believe that God can heal them. Who don't believe that God can change their situation? Who don't believe that God can fix the trouble that they go through? That is why they, they have covered up, they've, they've, they've tried to fix everything by themselves because they don't believe that God can heal them. If you want to hear a message like this, instead of opening up so that God can heal them, they get embarrassed and then they go into their shell and try to fix the, the stone at the entrance so nobody can smell what is going on. But God is saying this morning, if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Tell anybody if you believe God can fix that mess. Tell anybody if you believe God can fix that mess. You are not saying it like a believer. Say, tell anybody if you believe God can fix that mess. God can fix it for you. God can fix it for you. The Bible says, Jesus said, they, so they took the stone away. When they heard the words of Jesus, they opened up the mess. They said, God, now we know that you can help. This is the issue. Today, I pray that you be open up unto God. Yes. Listen, I don't have to pray as a pastor to get a revelation about what you're going through. If you have, if you have an issue, you should open up and say, this is my problem. So we can pray. I actually had somebody who came to me for counseling about an issue that he needed help with. While in the counseling, the person said, Pastor, this is not something I want to tell you about. It's my family issue. I said, if you cannot tell me about it, there is really nothing I can do for you. Because I'm not God to imagine what is in your mind. If you need help from God, I need to know what is going on so I can pray for you. And, he, and according to him, the issue was so private and so secret that he could not share with anybody. And until you are open to God, until you take that stone away and give God access to the mess, nothing will ever change. Yeah. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Yeah. Nothing will ever change. There are people that are too secretive about everything. I know some friends that, like when we walk together, they're checking their pay stops on their computer. If you dare pass around, they try to, they, 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 they'll make sure they turn everything off because their pay, their pay stops. It's like a secret document that nobody can ever see. What would I do if I see your pastors? Even some people testify. They are so secretive to tell me to pay them. Well, this job now pays me a lot. How much do they pay you? 
is a private information that even your pastor cannot know. When you are too secretive like that, it is difficult for God to visit you. When you are transparent before God, there is nothing God will not do for you. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Take that stone away. The Bible said, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, thank you because you heard me. Now, I like this statement. He said, I know you always hear me, but I said this so that the people standing here may believe. There are some miracles that God do that is not for you. It is for the people around you. Can I say it again? There is a miracle coming your way that is not for you. It is to prove to your family that the God you serve is the God who is alive. There is a miracle coming your way that is not for you. It is to prove to your parents that the God you believe in is a God who can bless. There is a miracle coming to you that will prove to your colleagues that the prayers you pray every day, they are not in vain. The God you are praying to can hear. He said, I know you always hear, but I said this so that those who stand may believe. God is about to do something that will cause his name to be known around your life. I said, God is about to do something that will cause you to testify. Hallelujah. Bible said, when he has said this, he said to Lazarus in a loud voice, Come out! The question I ask myself is, why did God or Jesus have to use a loud voice? There are different kinds of prayers. There's a prayer of intercession. There's a prayer of petition. There's a prayer of supplication. Now when it comes to, and then it's last, there's a prayer of warfare. The difference is that some prayers you are talking to God. And other prayers you are talking to the devil. When you are talking to God, you don't have to shout. Now just imagine that you were given audience by the president of this country to come to the White House and tell him about Manassas. To tell him about your family, maybe about Manassas. And then once you were given audience into the White House, and the president said, can you now speak? He said, I want to tell you that. Hey! They will drive him out of the place. There's some Christians, every prayer they pray is shouting. You want to pray for food to eat? Father, we give you prayers for this food. Like, God is not deaf. You can pray gently and God is going to listen. But there is another kind of prayer that you don't need to be gentle. Because you are not talking to God, you are talking to the devil. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Jesus, in this text, was not talking to God. He was addressing the spirit of death that gripped Lazarus. He had to address that spirit for that spirit to emancipate Lazarus. That is why the Bible says, in a loud voice, he commanded the, 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 the man to come out. You have troubles in your life. I want to say pray your life. Nothing will ever change. Because the devil is not a gentleman. The only language the devil understands is the language of violence. The Bible says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And only the men of violence take it by force. If you are going to get some miracle from the devil, it has to be by force. If you are going to get some breakthrough from the devil, it has to be by force. There is no gentleness when it comes to the devil. You have to raise your voice and command. For those of you who have been in the military or see the military, there is nothing done in the military that is gentle. Everything is loud voice because it is instructions. I want to hear the response. That is exactly how the devil operates. When you come with a gentleman and say, devil, what are you doing in my business? Get out. He doesn't listen. 
When you say, get out, it's okay, I'm leaving. Because that is a language he understands. This morning, somebody is going to get violent. Because whatever the devil has held that belongs to you shall be released this morning. I said it shall be released this morning. Whatever is yours that is in the hands of the devil is about to be released this morning in the name of Jesus. Somebody is going to get violent because God, devil, is releasing what belongs to you. In Jesus' name. The Bible says Lazarus came out. And the dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. This is the picture of salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, it says, And you have been quickened who were dead in trespasses. In other words, you have been resurrected. Those of you who were dead in trespasses. So when you were a sinner, you were dead. You were in a grave. And when you gave your life to Christ, you came out from the grave. But listen, Lazarus was dead. He was in the grave. He came out of the grave. But his hands, his feet, and his eyes were still wrapped with the grave clothes. Even though he was alive, he was still wrapped with the grave clothes. Even though he could make actions, he was still wrapped with the grave clothes. There are Christians in the house of God who have believed in Jesus, but still in grave clothes. There are issues from your past. Things you used to, be in, things you used to indulge in before you came to know the Lord that are still affecting you even now that you're a believer. This is the excellence of deliverance ministry because you have people in God's house who are making actions. But they can't go nowhere because they are wrapped with grave clothes. But this morning the Lord is saying, take that grave clothes off in the name of Jesus. God is releasing somebody today in the name of Jesus. Lazarus could not go anywhere as long as he has those grave clothes on. Because his feet were wrapped, his hands were wrapped, and his face was tied so he could not see. So there are people who are stuck. They are rotating around the same place. They can't do anything that God has called them to do. They can't be who God has called them to be. They can't progress in anything that God has called them to do because they are wrapped with grave clothes. But this morning the Lord is saying, I am taking that grave clothes off your life. I am taking it off your life. I wish I had somebody with a better amen. I'm taking that grave clothes off your life. Amen. 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 There are three areas. Three areas in this text that the Bible clearly says that a grave clothes were affecting the life of Lazarus and it's affecting many of us in this place. Number one, the Bible says his hands were bound. What does that mean spiritually? You are in a place where you work for money but you don't see the money. You labor so hard but you don't see the success. You struggle. You walk like somebody say, you walk like an elephant but you see the profit of an ant. You labor. You always exert all your energy. You do the best you can do but you don't see the profit. You can't tell what to do with your money. Your hands are bound. Whatever you do does not succeed. You write exams you never pass. You're always struggling. It looks like everything you set you want to do will never succeed. Your hands are bound. Your hands are bound. And the second, it says, the Bible says his feet were tied. What does that mean spiritually? Stagnancy. You don't progress in anything you do. You've been in the same position at the same job for seven years. No increase, no promotion, no change. 
stagnancy. Nothing in your life seems to move. You're not moving forward in your relationship. You're not moving forward in your marriage. You're not moving forward in your career, in your business, in your ministry. Everything seems to be stagnant. You are bound at the same position. The friends that you used to know five years ago, they've all moved on to different things. They've all progressed. They've all accelerated. But you are still in the same position year after year. You are bound. But this morning, God is setting somebody free. Amen. I say, God is setting somebody free. Amen. And lastly, it says his face was covered. What does this mean? There are some people that God, I have prayed for many ladies, who have satanic mask on their face. And when I say this, those of you who are listening in their flesh will never understand what I'm saying. And what does this mean? These are beautiful ladies. But when men look at them, men don't see that beauty. Because spiritually, the devil has masked them. They don't see that beauty. That is why a man will drop them and get married to an ugly girl. Because the man don't see that beauty you're, you're portraying. Satanic mask. What does this mean? It talks about wrong philosophies. Even though you are a Christian, there are philosophies that you have that is controlling your life against the will of God. There are things you believe when you used to be an unbeliever. That now that you are a believer, you still have those philosophies that is affecting your life. Like my sister was saying, somebody's in church and asking, why should I give to the church? Why should I pay my tithe? Your face is tight. That is why you can't see the revelation of God's word. You can't perceive the truth. You can't understand the things of the spirit because your face is tight. What does this mean? It talks about anxiety. People that are always worried about everything. Every issue is a problem. It talks about mental issues. You're born again, but you don't function. Your mental faculties are not functioning well because your face is tight. What does it? It talks about false doctrine. There are things you believe that is not affecting your life negatively. Like, for example, some people used to go to some churches before, and they were indoctrinated in those churches. Now, now it doesn't matter what you're teaching them now, they don't receive because their face has been tied with the grave clothes. What does this mean? Verbal abuse. There are things you heard when you were growing up, or things you heard in school, that now they're stuck in your brain. That even though somebody says something contrary to you, what you heard has registered in your brain that there is no good thing you hear that can affect your life positively because your face has been tied. What does it mean? It means unbelief. You have so much unbelief that it doesn't matter what God is trying to do for you. You can't believe it because your face has been tied. But this morning the Lord says, take off the grave clothes and let Lazarus go. After you leave this place this morning, whatever place you could not go, you are going in the name of Jesus. Whatever place you could not go, I said you are going in the name of Jesus. Whatever you are tied, the Lord is losing you today in the name of Jesus. You are going to that place where God destined for you. You are going to that place where God has signed for you. That promotion that you could not get, after today, you are getting that promotion in the name of Jesus. What held you down is leaving you today in the name of Jesus. Is leaving you today. I don't know what is going on in your life. But one thing I know. Jesus said, I don't know how the grave clothes were tied. I don't know who tied them. I don't even know the material that was used for the grave clothes. But there's one thing I know. Take it off and let him go. 
I don't know who is responsible for the trouble or who abused you or who tied you down. But this morning, the Lord is saying, today is your day for you to go. Amen. I said, today is your day for you to go. Amen. Today is your day of release. Your day of emancipation. Your day of freedom. Your day to move on. Your day to accelerate to the place where God has called you to be. Your day to rise and become who God has called you to be. In the name of Jesus. I want you to stand up on your feet and shake yourself like you're taking off your clothes. After you're taking something off from your body. Stand up on your feet and after you're taking off your clothes. Remove that great cross from you. After you're taking something off. Because after today, God is giving you a new garment. Read your Bible very well. Anytime, I can't go deep into this. Anytime God was about to give somebody a new level, there was a stripping. When Jesus was about to be crucified, the Bible said they stripped him off of his garments. Read your Bible. When Joseph was about to step into Egypt, into his destiny, the Bible said his brothers stripped him off his garment. And whenever they were about to come to a new level, they had a new garment. When Jesus resurrected from the grave, the Bible said he had a garment of glory. He was clothed with glory. The Bible also says that when Joseph was taken out of the prison, the day he was about to see Pharaoh, the Bible said he wore a new garment. As this great cloth is coming off your face, God is giving you a new garment. I said God is giving you a new garment. There is a new image about you that people are about to see. That when you show up there again, they won't recognize you because God is doing something different to you. In the name of Jesus. I don't know what you have this morning, but there is something you can pray about. Somebody talk to the Lord. I don't know what you heard, but there is something you can pray about. There is something you can pray about. Somebody pray and talk to the Lord. Pray and talk to the Lord. I don't know what you heard this morning, but it is definitely something you can pray about. I don't know the garment that you have on. I don't know the area that your the grave has affected you. There is something you can pray about. There is something you can pray about. There is something you can pray about. in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen.